everyone. You are listening to the Psychology of Dating podcast. My name is Nadine Newkirk and I'm a clinical psychologist and dating coach. With this podcast episode, I'm going to share information on being a good enough partner. And this is both for yourself being a good enough partner and also when you're looking for someone to be in a relationship with, searching for the good enough partner. (laughs) I'll explain what that is. Before we get into that, I'd like to share my free guide called Top 3 Mindset Shifts in Dating. If you are struggling with thoughts of not being good enough or it's too hard to do dating or any type of doubt thoughts like that, this guide might be helpful to introduce some reframes to the brain. We want to create some different neural pathways so the mind can see things differently and just make it a little bit more energizing or motivating to go through the dating process. I'll leave the link for that in the episode show notes. Okay, what do I mean by being a good enough partner? This term um, actually in psychology originates from being a good enough parent because it's a known phenomena where parents can Understandably, they care for their children, love them, and they want to be the best possible parent ever. And this can lead to the striving of perfectionism. And especially in this day and age where there's so much information on the internet and what to do, what not to do, it can get really overwhelming. And, you know, there's fears that, you know, I don't want to get it wrong. So we're trying to be 100%. And this might, you know, it's coming from really great intentions. And this can be in dating too, that you might want to be the perfect partner or the perfect person they're dating, so they want to be in a relationship with you because you, you know, care for having like a joyful, fun experience. But if we're pursuing perfectionism, it's actually a catch because the more we aim for that perfectionism, the more we get these other secondary emotions. We might feel guilt when we don't meet that really high bar that was just unattainable anyway. We might start to feel more inadequate or have increased stress or anxiety thinking there's all these things I need to do to be the absolute perfect person they're dating. Or we're searching for someone who, you know, we start to have this micromanaging lens of picking out every single tiny bit of their behavior, which gets exhausting, And we get this kind of stress-fear response if there's something not 100% perfect with the person we're dating. So if we can flip that from striving for perfectionism and think, actually, if I can aim to find a good enough partner and to be a good enough partner myself, then that leaves room for other things in my life to also be good enough in. I can be good enough in my sense of independence my hobbies, my career, my social life, my health and fitness. And it's much better to be good enough in multiple areas and to get, you know, a solid base of pillars of stability stability, rather than just aiming for perfectionism in one area and then doing really poorly or, you know, really letting ourselves down in other areas of life. You know, maybe I put so much energy into being the perfect person in dating that I'm neglecting my social life with my friends because I'm 
putting this person's needs above everything else and cancelling plans. Maybe I'm feeling so stressed that, you know, how I look or how I'm going to present to this person that I'm neglecting my self-care of going to an exercise class or getting out into nature. That that actually has a cost, and the thing is that cost then trickles into our dating life, and no matter how perfect we try and be, it eventually catches up to us. Um, you know, when we're falling down in other main pillars of life. We need to remember as well that being good enough does not mean that we're being subpar. It doesn't mean that we're giving up or that we don't strive towards, you know, our values and, you know, who we'd, you know, what type of relationship we'd love to create or the type of person we'd love to find or be. So we're not giving up on our values. We're not giving up on our dreams. What we're doing is letting go of that unrealistic, unrelenting, high standards, which are just not sustainable in the long term. So what does being a good enough partner or looking for someone to be a good enough partner for you, what does it entail? And I've got a few different points that could come under being a good enough partner. So one is looking at your overall values for yourself for the person you're dating. So for example, if I value being kind, I want to more look at how am I overall showing kindness when I'm in a relationship with someone or when I'm dating them. I don't want to, you know, maybe I've just moved in with someone and I'm over self-sacrificing by doing all the housework. I'm being so kind by buying their favorite food and vacuuming and doing their washing. and <laughs> But in the process, I'm actually burning myself out. I'm not having downtime for myself between work. And then you build up resentment. And then maybe you end up not being so kind to that person later on because you're feeling a bit frustrated or grumpy. Um, or maybe you end up not being so kind to then other friends or family members. You kind of start to let it out on them. So... When we think about that value, we want to think about how is that actually, can I bring kindness, but in a way that's sustainable and really is good enough and encompasses many areas of life, not just like hyper-focusing on one area and then at the cost of others. And if you're looking for a partner, you want to see, you know, do you have some similar values things that really connect you with the way you both kind of envision your life to be, um, you know, the direction you want to head. If you really love being with children and family, then that's a key value for you of having kids and you want a partner who also has that value. So you want to clarify what are your deal breakers? You know, it doesn't need to be a small thing, like you don't need to both love bouldering so much (laughs) it's more the bigger values like you know the big direction in life that you want to head another thing that can make a good enough partner is having that balance between independence and connection together quality time together and for a healthy relationship you need both sometimes we can get so excited when we're dating someone new (laughs) literally activates the parts of the brain that is like when you're taking drugs and you just want to see them more and more and more and have longer and longer dates and be connected at the hip. But the thing is that's not sustainable in the long term and that person can't meet all your needs 
So it's much healthier to enjoy spending time together and then have space where you do, you know, your job or you do your hobbies and miss that person. And then you look forward to seeing them again. And, you know, you've got healthy balance. And when you're looking for a partner, you also want to see, you know, do they support you when you have that independence as well, you know, encouraging you to have fun times with your friends rather than guilt tripping you for going out, you know. And equally, you don't want someone who has this amazing life. They're really social with their friends and family and travel, you know, doing lots of fun things, but they're not leaving enough time for your relationship. They're not connecting. So you want to look at that. Another thing that can make a good enough partner is having emotional attunement. So when we think about a relationship there's both the practical acts people can do. So they can organize to spend time with you. They can book that date. And also we want the emotional care as well as that practical care. So emotional attunement is the ability for someone to, one, notice your emotional states. They don't have to know it 100%. You know, they might get it wrong. That's okay. We want it. It's good enough, doesn't need to be perfect. But if you seem sad, you don't want someone who just ignores that or gets angry at you, like, why are you ruining this dinner out? You know, just be happy. They might be invalidating your experience. So, kind of dismissing how you feel, telling you it's wrong, criticizing you for it. What we want is someone who can validate. So they don't need to have the same emotions of us always or the same opinions, but they can care for your side of the experience. They can say, that's valid, that makes sense, and, you know, I'm here to support you. They don't need to be your 100% always support. You know, this is why we've got friends, family, therapists, coaches, (laughs) because we can balance out, you know, that uh, emotional load. Um, but you know, if you're going to live with someone, if that's what you want to do or be with them long-term, you know, or have a kid together, it's really vital that they have that ability to care for emotions and not just kind of neglect that and only do the practical. And the last key point I will do on good enough parenting is someone who has a willingness part rather than just a willfulness part. (laughs) So we all have these two parts. Willfulness us is like our inner teenager, toddler kind of tantrumer that when an issue comes up, we're like, ugh, I don't like this. I'm going to try and fight this reality. I'm angry. I'm grumpy. I'm sad. I'm just going to say this is the way it is and I'm going to impose what I want rather than doing what is flexible and needed in the situation. So inevitably, you'll come across dating hurdles. And it's not, we don't want a relationship that's just perfect and never has any issues. You never argue, because that might mean that actually you're not bringing things up that are important to you. So it's fine (laughs) if there's conflict, but we want someone who can have that willingness to work through things rather than willfulness. So if you're willful, You're just like, well, this is the way I think it should be, full stop, I don't care, do it my way or don't at all. Then you don't really have anywhere to move. You can't problem solve an issue. If someone's working really, really long hours 
and you're really missing quality time. They're like, well, this is just it. Deal with it. You're not getting more time with me. Then that's just neglecting kind of, you know, a core need of the relationship. Whereas if there's a willingness to work on the issue, that's the part of us that let's go of right, wrong, good, bad. Let's go of our kind of indignation stubbornness and says, okay, I can see there's an issue. Let's figure out together how we can both get our needs met. Let's be creative, test out different solutions, figure it out together. All right. So if you're trying to be a good enough partner, how can we practice this? And it's both, you know, being a good enough partner ourselves and also, you know, accepting and welcoming good enough in the other person rather than expecting them to be perfect. So the first thing is to accept imperfections for yourself and for the other person. Um, Also accepting mistakes, knowing we're human, that, you know, even if we wanted to never make a mistake or never have an imperfection, it would be impossible. So if you really want, you know, your partner to be remembering, um, you know, all these important events or things on the shopping list, sometimes they might forget. And it's thinking about, okay, what are the core deal breakers which I'm not going to put up with? You know, for example, if someone was blatantly, you know, hurtful emotionally, um, if someone consistently cancelled plans 10 times in a row with us when we're dating, this could be a core deal breaker. But then we got to think about what's things that are kind of annoying, you know, might make me upset, but then in the scheme of everything, with all the other qualities of this person, it's okay to let this go. So maybe someone forgets a date, you know, one time, but they show that willingness to care for your side experience, that emotional attunement, um, they've got great values that match yours, then you might say, okay, this is something I can let go. Also remembering to take care of yourself and knowing that self-care is not selfish. (laughs) So to have a really healthy relationship, you need that your two feet on the ground to have that rootedness and to have that we need to have balance in our life with our health, with our social life, things we strive in, whether that's work or study or whatever you're doing. So make sure to do that self-care and also enabling, helping encourage someone else to have self-care, not at the cost where they never tune into the relationship, but also we don't want that codependence. And lastly, remembering that sometimes we need to look at the cost-benefit and kind of ratio of how much energy we put into something. So sometimes in the relationship, it can be better to consciously do something not to your full capacity. So maybe you know that you could be there 100%, you know, as like almost like a counsellor to your partner to help care for all their emotional needs and let them debrief every single day. But what's that the cost of? Then maybe your emotional tank's empty and you can't care for yourself. That then, you know, goes badly into the relationship or maybe you get compassion fatigue where you 
you know, you're caring, 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 and then you just have nothing left. So maybe it's consciously saying, okay, I'm going to give 60% to this. I'm going to, you know, talk with my partner about their issue at work and also change the conversation or, you know, go and watch a TV show or do something that recharges my battery um, and not just give 100% to that and have no time for anything else. So really kind of allocating where you spend your energy and having a nice spread. Okay, everyone, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode and we'll see you again next week.